Look at my butt. Show number 168 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Oh, oh, wait, 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 let's actually start the show. Oh, okay, (laughs) all right, jeez. Welcome to the show. Here's the show. Now we're starting the show. Hooray. Yes, this is the show. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start off with something that was posted on our Facebook. This is from Kenneth Smith. And he wrote, the Shatner episode of The Fugitive had everything you ladies liked about Bill. Shirtless, lots of Bill in tight pants, and he played a nut cop killer. <laughs> How and those are some of my favorite Bill things. How could you go wrong with that? Shirtless, lots of Bill and tight pants, and he played a nut cop killer. I love it. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Well, well, I think, I, I believe last, well, whenever it was. Anyway, I think Kenneth posted there once before when this was on, which was, oh. I believe, about a week ago, okay. saying it's on tonight. And I didn't post back, but I was going, but... So is Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So it was it was a, a dilemma. But um, I was with people who wanted to watch Downton Abbey, so there was nothing I could do about it. But I wanted to ask you, is that the episode of The Fugitive we saw? I don't think so, because the one we saw, he wasn't... He a- was... He wasn't a cop killer, was he? I, I didn't think he was. He was, you know, coaching a, a, a boys' baseball team yeah. or something, but... It did have shirtlessness and him in bed and good butt shots. Oh, yeah. Lots of that. The scene where he's, I, I made an animated gif of it where he was yes. washing his hands. <laughs> yes. So um, we'll have to watch for this other oh, one. Oh, I'm sure we can find it. I'm sure we can download it. Or maybe one of the um, fine people at Moore Shatner has already uh, uploaded it. So we'll we'll look for that. I'll, I'll find out which episode it is. But, yeah, that would be a good one. Yes. So thank you so much, Kenneth, yes. because Bill is a nut cop killer. I mean, that just... You know, puts it to the top of the list in addition to all the wonderful other things you you sent us. And, you know, it's so nice to know going into the episode that there's going to be shirtlessness. There's going to be tight pants. Yeah. Because I just keep thinking about how mega disappointed we were watching Black Jade. Oh, there was nothing. There was just nothing. And Bill didn't even show up for a good, what, 25 minutes. I know. And they wasted the whole scene with him in the bathtub. You know, that could have been good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a waste, a big waste. It, it was a total waste. So thank you, thank you, Kenneth, for the heads up and giving us three very good reasons to look for this. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got so much stuff to talk about. We were both oh. saying before the show, it was kind of like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? And then we both pulled together these massive lists. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so um, let's go through a few of the newsy items. Um one of the things you sent was um, the fact that they're now releasing a new set of Star Trek color forms. Yes. <laughs> which is very exciting because I have the old set of color forms, which are awesome. Well, um, I have I have a set. I'm not sure how many sets there have been, but um, it was it was really fun because I had it outside or hanging on the outside of my cubicle when I had a real job. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had little tiny phasers. Mm-hmm. And at one point, right outside my cubicle, two of the managers were having a d- discussion and they grabbed the phasers and started, you know, <laughs> shooting each other as part of the discussion. So that was cool. All the stuff that comes with it is so cool so you get um kirk and spock and a gorn which is awesome um you get uhura and you get Chekhov and a bunch of tribbles because that's one of the episodes that's being referenced mm-hmm. here and um who's the red shirt is that just a red shirt 
it, yeah, it looks to me like it's the red shirt who also played um, Kirk's boss. I'm always forgetting his name. Comac? No, the other one. Wesley. Oh, Wesley. Okay. And he was a red shirt in an episode. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I really like, though, is that uh, Kirk is the only one who gets two different changes of clothes. I know. Which is awesome. One of them. And one of them is that, that sleek one from uh, Red Hour. I know. You know Return of the Archon. That sort of Western cut thing. I, that's, and, I was just gravitating towards that. Like, ooh, he looks so hot in that because of the string I, tie and everything. Oh, my goodness. But here's the weird thing. On the cover, mm-hmm. it says stuck on Star Trek, which I think is really cute. And there's Kirk, and that is Kirk the way he's posed mm-hmm. in the actual color form. But then there's Spock holding a phaser, and Spock in the actual color form is just standing there with his hands at his side. Yeah, I don't get that. Not very actiony. No, not actiony at all. So definitely, you'd buy this for Kirk. You wouldn't be buying this for Spock. No. No. Some people may buy it for the Gorn, but you know. Yeah. And you get an Enterprise. Oh, there's Sulu, too. I missed him. He was right in the middle. Yeah, and you even get something that says, I Do you see that? <laughs> yes, I see it. <laughs> yeah, there are some speech bubbles, but they're too tiny for me to read. Yeah, I can't see it. Um, and I can't tell what that, down at the bottom next to the Enterprise, that yellow thing that... It says Zoom. Oh, is that what it, it says? says okay. Zoom. Okay. Like, right. you could put that next to the Enterprise. Like, it's going really fast. Yeah. <laughs> you get a lot of tribbles. There are an awful lot of tribbles. Well, and there's probably even more after a few days. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Release next month, and it will be 20 bucks. So that's pretty good. Yay, color Well, forms. here's another interesting thing. Um, it says there, there are 10 backdrops. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so much better. Oh, look. It's like a, a book, a flip book. Yes, it's got the Enterprise Bridge, Transporter Room, Sick Bay, Engine Room, uh, Planetary Scenes from City on the Edge of Forever, and The Devil in the Dark, and Arena. And there are over 70 stickers included on two pages. So maybe there are even more changes of clothes. That would be wonderful. But it does say, however, more than half of these stickers are tribbles. (laughs) Wow. It's too bad they don't have one of Kirk in his underwear. That would be good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we have that paper doll of Kirk in his That's underwear. That's true. That's true. He can never have too much of Kirk in his underwear, though. <laughs> yes. Not, very, in very my true. Book. Um, okay. The next thing I wanted to talk about was what we posted on the blog, which was the nine-minute preview of the new Star Trek movie. Yes, and this is where you're going to take over and drive because I have not been able to bring myself to watch it. Yeah, well, I didn't want to watch it, but I thought I should watch it just because. You're a good person. Yeah. Um, So, as I think I said on the blog, it's stupid. It's... (laughs) Well, weren't you calling it Star Trek into dumbness? Yeah, that's my new name for it because (laughs) I think that's what it is. Um, it, It starts off typically with a long sequence that appears unrelated to anything else that's going to happen in the movie, um, except that um, Benedict Cumberbund appears at the end of it mm-hmm. uh, and sets him up as a Gary Mitchell character. I can't really say it any other way. Um, okay. It's a, there's a, this very, mo- it's quite moving, actually. There's a couple 
they appear to be English. They have a, a child that's in the hospital who is in a coma, and they're very upset about this. And it's all filmed very nicely and beautifully. And you see their anguish. The people that they chose as the actors, the mother and the father, are very good. And then, you know, they're sort of looking out into the dawn and, and with this hopeless look on their face, you know, like because their mm-hmm. kid is going to die or might be in a coma. And, and Benedict Cumberbund appears out of nowhere and says, I can help you. Like implying that he has some kind of magical powers or something or special knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And we don't see anything else about that. Cut. And then mm-hmm. it goes to the Enterprise crew. Um, and these are some of the scenes that were in the official trailer with them. Uh, Kirk and McCoy, I guess, are on a planet and they're doing a lot of running and there's some natives ch- chasing them and they jump off a cliff into the water and oh, so now we're ripping off Butch Cassidy. Yeah, okay, let's go. Exactly. So then there's that. And then there's a different one. And then, and then movie C. <laughs> so, that, so <laughs> as they used to say on, on Mystery Science Theater, so movie A was the couple with the sick child. Movie B is Kirk and McCoy running through a field. And movie C is Spock uh, somewhere. On, I can't even tell where he is, where there's volcanoes and lava and stuff like that. And because the clip is not an official clip, it's taken on someone's cell phone, obviously, in a movie really? theater. Yeah, it oh, is. Okay. It, because they haven't released it and they don't want people to see it. Oh, I thought it had been, like, released. Okay, no, go no. ahead. So it's very hard to hear the dialogue, especially mm. Chekhov. Now, I don't even know what it's going to be like in the real movie, but why are you bothering to give him dialogue if no one can understand what he's saying? <laughs> especially crucial dialogue, too. It's it's not like, you know, Kipton... The ship is well, Robert Shaw made quite a career out of nobody being able to understand <laughs> what he was saying. So I couldn't figure out what the heck he was on about. Um, but they drop Spock near a volcano and then they're trying to pick him up, but they can't because of technobabble and blah, 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 blah. So he looks like he's going to die. And I swear to God, I got so angry when Kirk back on the ship now because they managed to pluck him and McCoy out of the water. Um is is going like Spock? We have to come and rescue you. And Spock is like, No, no, you have to get the ship out of here before the planet blows up, or I don't know something. And Kirk's like, No, we can't leave you behind. And Spock says, The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And I was like, Ah! It just pissed me off so much that they would use that line number one, and that yes. they would use it as a total throwaway line. Oh no, it's not a total throwaway. They're going to keep. Yanking stuff out of Wrath of Khan oh. all through this movie. I'm absolutely sure. But it, oh, it's just like the hands with the glass thing. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to just use it as, I don't know, just a callback, like a, a thing, a, a masturbatory thing, I hate it. I just hate it. So that annoyed me. And then, you know, all this is build up, build up, build up. And then, of course, it ends before there's any resolution to all the drama that we've just seen. So I don't know. Now, let me ask, do you, have you heard, do you think you're going to have to pay extra to see all these different A, B, C, D, E, F movies? <laughs> maybe you will. I don't know. They'll show them. I mean, maybe it's just like Star Trek home movies. You know, one has nothing to do with the other. Mm-hmm. Well, it's possible. Or they'll just show them in theaters next to each other. I don't know. <laughs> I just had a vision of the whole crew standing in their pose for the home movie. And, of course, yeah, there's always a smartass who's, like, holding a pretend gun to his head, you know, with his finger. 
making bunny ears behind the other guy. Yes, yes, oh. yes. So it just looks, I don't know, it just looks stupid. And and it's its all explosions and running and danger. And I doubt very much that Spock is going to get burned to a crisp in the first nine minutes of the movie. So I kind of yeah. don't think there's a whole lot of danger implied in that scene. Seems unlikely to me. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I've watched it. I think other people, a couple of people did watch it. I think Cheryl left a comment saying she was even less interested now. Yes, um, yes. It's there if you want to see it, but I I think it's going to be a bad movie. I really do. Well, um, I saw a couple of uh, interviews with the actors. You know, they're out doing the, the press promos and stuff now. And... Um, None of them had anything to say that makes you want to see this movie. But the interesting thing is um, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbun, who says, well, I play a character whose name is <laughs> yes. John. Yeah. <laughs> and I've read a couple other things, you know, where he's been talking about it. And I get the feeling he is getting so irritated, <laughs> I think, at being sent on these things and not being able to talk mm-hmm. about who he's playing. Mm-hmm. So why is he even going? You know, yeah. what can he say? Mm-hmm. I I agree. It, there, it, it's being ridiculously cagey for no reason. Yes. Yes. Really, and I'm sure it's Gary Mitchell. It really seems like Gary Mitchell. Yeah. So, you know, it might be fun when that finally comes out if uh, Lockwood sues or does some, something Lockwoodian, <laughs> which will uh, make this all kind of worthwhile. That would be awesome. I'd love it if he did that. But, um... So um, what is the the buzz of other people who've watched it? Have you researched any of that? It seems very divided. Uh, some people really? are like, ooh, awesome, man, like explosions and running and things like that. And then there are other mm-hmm. people who are more on our side of the fence who are just going, this looks stupid. It just looks like they're trying too hard and they're ripping stuff off from Wrath of Khan and it doesn't make any sense and they don't understand. I think the big comment from people like us are that – Abrams and all those people, they do not understand what Star Trek is about. They really don't. No, they don't. And that's just going to be a huge criticism. And they'll never get over that because they're never going to understand. Oh, no, no. They're, they're, in a way, they're, um, they're very much like um, Braga mm-hmm. in that all they want is the Star Trek label mm-hmm. and just, you know, make up their own shit about what it is. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, let's not talk about that anymore because it's making me okay. angry. <laughs> let's talk about something really fun, yes. which is this link I sent you of one-liners from Bill. <gasps> oh, yes, that was awesome. Bill's this so was good. in the Phoenix New Times, and um, it's the best one-liners of William Shatner. And uh, it starts out by saying, when William Shatner talks, people tend to listen. <laughs> tend. Not to just make fun of his tendency to deliver dialogue in hammy fashion, mind you, but also because the erstwhile captain of TV's USS Enterprise has a penchant for amusing and self-aggrandizing quips. Okay. Um, Shatner's famous for his galaxy-sized ego as much as his legendary stint as James T. Kirk, which means whenever the 81-year-old gets quotes, he's generally dispensing some arrogance-laced bon mot about his legacy or sexual prowess <laughs> with the opposite sex, green-skinned or otherwise. So anyway, they um, they have, uh, excuse me, my screen stopped working, compiled mm-hmm. 
13. Now, I'm kind of surprised at what's not on here. You and I would have a different list, but some of them are fun. Oh, yes. Um, from the world according to Shatner, you have to create your life. You have to carve it like a sculpture. Yes. Um, um, the, I'm not going to read them all. Um, but one I really, really like is number nine because I had never heard this before. Mm-hmm. Captain Kirk has been a source of pleasure and income for a long time. You'd be surprised how much work a guy can pick up doing stag parties and working his phaser. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, I also love number 11. Uh, we were basically one in the same, although Jim Kirk was just about perfect. And, of course, I am perfect. I am perfect. Which is yes. <laughs> I also wanted to point out that they illustrated this article with that wonderful picture of Bill. This is one of my favorite pictures of him. Yes. Um, where he's dressed all in black with a leather jacket and he's got um, six shooters strapped to him. And he, yep. he's about to grab those guns. And he just looks so good there. Yes, he does. Now, number six is you really don't know what loving is until you've gotten it from some green chick wearing green body paint and plastic antennas. (laughs) Implying, of course, that he's had that. Well, of course, of course. Um, There's another one here that I, I think sort of sums up Shatner's whole approach to this persona he has generated, which is I don't want people to know me. I want them to believe my version. Yep. I like that. I like that, too. And I also like, um, I always use a stunt double, except in love scenes. I insist on doing those myself. (laughs) Yes. Now, I'm really surprised that, you know, sex should be a template for your day is not there. But if you and I did Shatner one-liners, I think they would all be sex. I think they would all be sex. Absolutely. And and it wouldn't be 13. It would probably be like 50. (laughs) Yeah. But I liked those. Oh, those were those good. Those were, were very good. And, it, you know, I thought that was interesting because so many of the articles about Bill is going to be at our theater and our theater in Milwaukee and our theater in San Diego and everything like this, they pretty much regurgitate the same stuff over and over. And these people actually did a little research. They did. They, I think they're wonderful. I love them. <laughs> yep. Oh, Bill's great. Um, so let's see. I had another thing that I wanted to talk about that was sort of similar. So hold on. Uh, this is okay. the problem. I have so many tabs open um, with stuff about Bill. I must find the correct one. Okay. Because there were just too many things to talk about with him today. Was it the tweet? Well, oh, let's talk about the tweet because that was awesome. Yes. So shortly after our last show went up, someone, a woman named, I guess, Alicia Forrest, tweeted to Bill, why is your butt so perfect in Star Trek? And Bill replied, it was in my contract. <laughs> I think that was meant for us. I think so, too. And it he fulfilled his contract. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 110%. It was great. Oh, I know. I wanted to talk about the new Priceline commercial. Oh, me too. Because it was great. <laughs> it was so great that I was moved to send out my first actual tweet. Yay! And um, what I love is the in the first part, Bill's got the goatee and everything, and he's also got long hair yes. hanging out the back of his, mm-hmm. like, what do you call those sort of caps he's got on? I don't know the name of oh, them. Oh, like a, a, a little uh, a driving cap. Yeah, yeah, I always think of those as, you know, the, the sort of flat cap and everything. Yeah. He really rocks that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And uh, so it's showing now. 
Yes, um, and you can also watch it on YouTube. That, um, yes. It's pretty easy to find it. It's called The Negotiator's Secret Daughter Revealed. Yes, and The Secret Daughter is played by Kate Kaylee or Katie Kuoko mm-hmm. from Big Bang Theory. Yep. So nice matching there. <laughs> yes, yes, and um, he's apparently dropping her off when she's a little girl. Mm-hmm. And comes back, I don't know, 10 years later, where she supposedly from this Zen master has learned all the fine arts of uh, negotiating, negotiating, (laughs) striking a deal. And uh, she's like, well, dad, you know, and then she points out that now you don't even have to bid on Priceline. You just get the the low Mm -hmm. thing and everything. And it's it's just really fun. I like it a lot. And it's it's kind of fun. The negotiator is back, but not back. Yep, of course. What I really liked about this is that they let him drive these two cars. Yes. <laughs> I think that was a big enticement to him. It was like, Bill, we're going to let you drive sports cars. And yes. you'll get to drive them really fast. And yes. uh, he, he looks pretty good driving those, those little cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know. Bill, when he's driving, he has said he is the intimidator. Oh, yes. He drives, you know. Very much so. so. Now, have you seen the other little uh, clip that goes with this? Oh, no. Where she is um, getting autographs from him for her her uh, fellow actors on Big Bang? No, no. Oh, it, it's really cute because she's going, they're all, you know, really good fans. And would you, you know, do these autographs? She's like, sure, happy to, glad to, glad to. And then he goes, and one for you. And she goes, no, I'm good. And walks away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do like the new commercial. It's very, very cool. Uh, this is great. I love Bill. So here, this is shilling at its finest. Um, this was from uh, a little uh, press release or something. Uh, so Bill says, the negotiator harbors many secrets, and this is just one of them. Shatner said of Kuoko's casting as his daughter, quote, it's another layer to the enigma of the negotiator that shows us there are many different ways to find great hotel deals. <laughs> <laughs> and as in life, there is something new he can learn from a younger perspective. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just slips it right in there. Hilarious. You know, if you're trying to sell something, Bill should be at the top of your list for, you know, well, if we had all the money in the world, who could we get to do this? Shatner. Shatner. He can sell anything. He can shill like like nothing nothing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, let's see. Uh, one other thing that Bill did recently was that um, he answered some questions from Maxim Magazine. Okay. Yes, I remember this. Yes. So it's very short, and it's a bunch of questions that he answered um, pretty pretty succinctly. So uh, some of them are pretty funny. Let's see. I'm going to find some good ones. Um, I like this answer. Uh, question. When all is said and done, who was the better captain of the Enterprise, Kirk or Picard? And Bill says, that is a difficult question because in each case, the ship exploded. <laughs> Um, let's see. You're currently touring 30, 13 cities with your one-man show. Do you have any deathbed confessions you don't reveal in the performance? He says, yes, I do have a deathbed confession. Lean in and let me whisper it in your ear. I want to live. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> I like this one. Was there anyone on earth you wanted to punch in the face? <laughs> I'm on my deathbed. 
lean in. I want to whisper something to you. Smack! <laughs> right in the ear. Uh, what's the wildest thing you ever did while you were alive? Anything T.J. Hooker could arrest you for? While I was alive, I clung to life as fiercely as Hooker clung to the windshield wiper. <laughs> I thought that was good. Uh, name one thing you, you're glad you'll never have to do again on Earth. Give the Vulcan salute. Uh, I can't separate my fingers the way Leonard Nimoy does. Mine always seem to be a clenched fist. Lean in. I want to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one that, that ties into his show. What are, in, Yeah, into his show. What are people saying over your casket? Uh-huh. What a cheap coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was great. And then the last one's good. Write your epitaph. I did one too many interviews. <laughs> That was good. I like. I, I still think his his epitaph should be my best. Bill. Oh, maybe it will be now. Now that it's become a thing. You know, speaking of what Bill does on Twitter, he is amazing. So, um, his he was shilling for his horse show charity on Twitter. Yes, and um, people were donating very generously, which is wonderful because it's a great charity. He has been using Twitter to personally thank all of those people. Oh, really? Yes. So all the people who are on Twitter and even people who aren't on Twitter, he's been thanking them with like first name plus initial if they don't have a Twitter account. Uh-huh. And his, I mean, if you look at his Twitter for the last three or four days, it's been just like dozens and dozens and dozens of personally thanking people for contributing. It's amazing. Who else does that? Bill's the only that one who does that. That is a great, great idea. That is so wonderful. Uh, I did see something on Twitter because I occasionally do, you know, follow just only Bill. And um, somebody had said, <laughs> like, what determines who gets an MBB and who does? And I'm kind of hurt I didn't. <laughs> and Bill had some smart alecky answer mm-hmm. about, you know, how he, I mean, once he answered it seriously about, you know, it's only 140 characters, whatever. But the other one was kind of funny, and I can't think. Oh, well, he's been pretty liberal um, blocking people lately because there are a lot of jerks out there who tweet him Uh fairly obnoxious stuff. And when someone complained recently about all the thank yous he was tweeting, it was like, oh, Bill, you're tweeting too many thank yous. And it's really blowing up my timeline. And he said, let me solve that problem for you. Blocked. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. Yes. Oh, yes. goodness. Um, tell you what, let's take a little break uh, okay. because we've got so much stuff to go through and I, I want to get organized for the next section. And the next thing that I want to talk about is really cute and funny. Okay. All I'm right. up for that. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We love our listeners, and we want to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comment at the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Okay. And now, listeners, we'd like to take you back through the mists of time to a fan magazine called Fave. Fave was one of those, like, 16 magazines that was on the stands. 
Um, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I might even have one or two somewhere that have, like, the monkeys on the cover. And what they used to do in these fan magazines was sometimes they would select uh, a, an actual teenager to go and report on something. Mm-hmm. So this is called My Trip to Star Trek, and it's by a girl named Kim Larson. And it's as told to Cam Litton, fave reporter. So they've got this girl who looks like, I don't know, maybe she's 15 or 16. And they, they mm-hmm. took her to the Star Trek set. And this is what she thought about it. But I just wanted to read the opening paragraph because I thought it was so cute. She says, when I woke up Friday morning, I was just a little bit sad. It was going to be my last day in Hollywood and everything had been so super perfect. I just wanted to stay forever. I know, I suppose, that most people in Hollywood don't get to see the monkeys and (laughs) Sajid Khan and Jay North and people like that all the time. But I'd been here only two days and I had. I was sort of thinking that if I could stay here in Hollywood, I would be able to see them all the time. So, (laughs) So the day began a little sad, but when I realized that, remembered that this was the Star Trek day, everything got groovy again. It just happens that Star Trek is one of my favorite programs. So apparently, reading through this, she had gone to see the monkeys on set on some other day. I need Uh to find that article to see what happened there. Right. That would have been interesting. So she went, and they were filming the the Nazi episode. Yes. And she spends a lot of time talking about Leonard Nimoy, so I'm guessing that he was her favorite or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And she talks about meeting him, and he was really nice, and she got a picture with him, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the part relevant for us is... She says, I met William Shatner. We had our picture taken together. Since he was between scenes, he had a bathrobe on. I was going to mention that. Yes. He didn't look at all like I was used to seeing him. He had to go back to filming, so we said goodbye for a little while. And that's it. That's all she says about Bill. But the picture of him is very nice. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so disappointed that she didn't have more to say about him and yeah. his bathrobe. And- uh, she looks really like flustered i think yes yes you know like oh my god i'm sitting next to william shatner and he just looks so good and Mm -hmm. clearly this was when they were filming them in the the prison cell um and that's why he has a bathroom on because he was shirtless because you can sort of see he's not wearing a shirt underneath it um but this was also cute um Cam showed me how they open and close the doors on the enterprise you see mr spock walking towards a door and zip the door is open and then zip the door is closed well i'd always thought there was something electrical about the whole thing i didn't believe that they really used rays to open and close the door but i thought that there was some was at least a button that somebody pushed or something there isn't (laughs) (laughs) every single time you see a door on the enterprise open and close there's actually a man behind the wall you see pulling and pushing the door open and closed there's a little handle on the door just like the ones on your kitchen cabinet at home and that's what he uses I'll think of that every time I open my kitchen cabinet. I know, so funny. But I just thought it was so cute. And I wonder, you know, if this girl remember. I'm sure she remembers it, but I wonder what she thinks of this now that she got to go to the Star Trek set and say all this stuff, some of it anyway, to the woman yeah. who was the actual reporter. Oh, oh just a, it's adorable. I just thought it was adorable. Well, um, speaking of adorable, I want to talk about... The image I sent you. 
Oh, yes. Of Adopted Tribble. Oh, yes. Now, QFMO sent this to us, Mm -hmm. and it's from a website called Mm tfury.com, and that was the T-shirt of the day, Mm -hmm. and you could order it at a discount, and then, you know, after that, I don't think you can get it anymore. I went and looked, but I was a few days late anyway, but the picture is so cute. Oh, it's, it is. It's wonderful. It's, it's Kirk and Spock each joyfully holding a triple. <laughs> and the part that's so funny to me is that Spock looks an awful lot like Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang Theory. I mean, really, yes. if it weren't for the pointed ears, I would think it was Sheldon. Yes, I agree with you. He does. So I just, I enjoyed that a lot. And also because um, a number of my friends and myself included, you know, are uh, pet owners and pet lovers and and many of them work or volunteer with different um, animal protection and adoption agencies. So there's always stuff on my Facebook timeline about, you know, what's going on and please adopt this dog and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) So then all of a sudden adopt a triple. I was like, oh, that's different. (laughs) It's a very cute image. I really, really like it. I do, too. It's very cute. Wow. Um, Here's a really interesting thing that was sent to us by our man in New Zealand. Uh, Oh, he didn't send it to you. He only sent it to me, but I sent it to you. And this was on io9, and it was a little snippet of an interview with Jeffrey Hunter talking about Star Trek. Oh, okay. Well, we never see that. Exactly. So the very first line says, there are almost no interviews with Jeffrey Hunter. (laughs) Especially because, unfortunately, he died young. Um, so TrekWeb dug up a 1965 interview with uh, Hunter did with a Hollywood columnist. It doesn't say who. But this is what he had to say about the show. So f- remember, this is 65. This is probably mm-hmm. before they were even, like, deeply into filming. So he says, uh, we run into prehistoric worlds, contemporary societies, and civilizations far more developed than our own. It's a great format because writers have a free hand. They can have us land on a monster-infested planet or deal in human relations involving the large number of people who live in this gigantic ship. The things that intrigue me the most is that it is actually based on the Rand Corporation's production of things to come. Except for the fictional characters, it will be like getting a look into the future and some of the predictions will surely come true in our lifetime. With all the weird surroundings of outer space, the basic underlying theme of the show is a philosophical approach to man's relationship to women. There are both sexes in the crew, and in fact, the first officer is a woman. Hmm. (laughs) That's a weird thing to say, don't you think? Well, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a philosophical approach to relationships between men and women, but... um... I do like that he said a lot of it's going to come true because, you know, not the, the finding other civilizations mm-hmm. and everything, but so much of the technology, technology certainly has. Yeah, definitely. But um, interesting. And and then the comment in io9 was, um, given how much of the pilot dealt with Captain Pike's needs as a man and his relationships with his female crew members, you can see why he might think that would be a major theme of the show. But Kirk's romances with various alien women notwithstanding, you'd be hard-pressed to argue that gender relations were the basic underlying theme (laughs) of the show. And, of course, the show replaced number one as Kirk's first officer, giving Spock a major promotion. And it all just made me think of that wonderful moment when, um, you know, they're in the transporter and Spock goes... The women, <laughs> which is my all-time favorite part of that. Um, have you looked at the comments? Uh, I have. <laughs> and of course, I like the one. Everyone knows the original show was about a man's relationship to a Vulcan. 
But I also love that there's Kirk's picture right at the top. Of course. Of course. course. Somebody has to put it in there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so funny. So anyway, um, I thought that was good. It was an interesting thing. And yeah, you really don't get to see things um, from Jeffrey Hunter. So it's interesting that um, he was viewing it so personally based Mm -hmm. on the the interrelationships between the crew when it, it, I mean, I think the philosophical basis did become more about, you know, man's place in the universe and things like that, you know, and not just how men and women relate to each other. But it was cool. Yeah. Um, I want to just briefly rant for a minute, something that's not on the list, but it keeps popping up in my Shatner alerts. Oh, please rant. Rants are good. And, um, I know we have listeners all over the world, but lately one of the big uh, discussions here in the U.S. is gun control and Mm. what can be done about all the violence. Well, what keeps popping up, and I'm just sick to death of it, is things that say William Shatner on guns or William Shatner on gun control or whatever. And then they show that clip from from Boston Legal. Mm Mm-hmm. Where he and the, the guy who hopped and everything, I forget his character name now, um, encounter a, a, a mugger mm-hmm. and Bill whips out a gun and, and shoots him in the knees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a great scene and it's very true to Denny Crane, but it is pissing me off that people seem to be interpreting that as Bill's view, which I do not know Bill's view mm-hmm. on gun control, but... I don't know why, but that misrepresentation is just like no actor ever said anything when he was playing a character that he wouldn't have said in his own real life. Yeah, exactly. That's that's very annoying, especially and because, it's stupid. The stupidity of it is pissing me off. Yeah, especially because there are so many things about Denny Crane that are that would be antithetical to Bill. I think. I think so too. You know, like that's if if it if bill really was for serious gun control and yet he played a character that wasn't that's okay yeah yeah <laughs> you have to be able to so recognize anyway, that so anyway stop being so stupid out there but the thing is our listeners are not the stupid people doing oh, this oh no 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 maybe they'll run into one and tell them yeah. don't be so stupid about this yeah we said so Okay, so end of mini rant. Okay. Let's talk about these cute little Lego toys because they're so <laughs> neat. Okay. You think they're cute. I think they're they're crappy, but um, let's uh, talk about them. <laughs> Oh, they're actually not Legos. They're the Mini Mates. Okay. Uh, of which we have some already. So uh, they're always putting out new ones, and this is a set that's based around, um, well, some of them are Wrath of Khan, right? Because there's right. Khan and there's, there's Kirk. There's Khan. There's Kirk. Yeah. Let's see. We also have um, Captain Archer. Captain Sisko, a Gem Hadar, a Borg Queen, and Captain Picard. And I, I will admit the Captain Picard one is uh, very, very weird looking. Captain Picard looks like, um, I can't think of the name of the character, but um, on South Park, <laughs> there's some bad evil thing that shows up and I swear it looks like the Picard one and of course the, the South Park animation is a bunch of paper cutouts right yes uh, yeah so it's it's that's pretty ugly I have to say Kirk looks a little more wrinkly than you'd want him to look that's for sure well and the thing is they're all really big on these mini mates on cheekbones yes that are so extreme they appear to be scars yes it's true they look like they have scars all over their faces um, but I do like the, the two enterprises that they have here. Uh, one, one of them is uh, sort of a, a small, cute um, 
I don't want to say puffy, but it's like fat looking enterprise. I know. And I was thinking, well, this is like, you know how little toddlers now have have funny cars. They, you know, not actually drive, but, you know, sit in and and make a move like Fred Flintstone Mm -hmm. did did with his feet. I'm thinking this is the toddler's spaceship. It looks exactly like that. It's a baby enterprise. Yes. And then the other one is um, the enterprise project cutaway ship has transparent pieces that reveal the living quarters and the machinery. And that's um, much more sleek looking. It's Mm -hmm. very cool. So those are neat. I like those. I like that they keep putting out toys like that. I like the little puffy ship. And I would love if it was soft. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) So cute. And it, oh, no, no, it could be a squeak toy. Yes. Jack would love that, wouldn't he? No, he uh, he rips those apart until he gets rid of the squeak. So <laughs> I don't think that would go over real big with him. Okay. Um, I also, the, uh, a new thing that's out are these uh, shot glasses. Yes. Well, that, you know, the, the artwork mm-hmm. um, for each of the episodes, that sort of retro style artwork is apparently, you know, quite a big deal. They're always coming up with more. And I think they're most of them, or they're all beautifully done. And there are ones that, that I really love, but now, um, they have start started making those into shot glasses. I think those are cool. I know. Aren't they neat? They are. And they're, and they're useful. Like that would be Trek stuff that you could actually use. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, apparently they're not out yet. It, it says you can pre-order them. Oh, okay. Um, and if you follow the link through, you can see there are five sets of four. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of them. Yeah, I think they, they're just doing them um, based on the art that's come out because they keep right. releasing new sets of the art. But, yeah, they're really nice. I like them. They are really nice. And I I, I like people revisiting the original Trek in this way. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, fanfic is, is revisiting Star Trek and putting your own spin on it. And usually, you know, I'm not big on fan art or, you know, any of the artsy craftsy things because they're usually, uh, <laughs> but these are really wonderful. And I think part of it is because there's an, an, an actual style to it. Yes. Yep. It's, it's uh, a classy, styly, designy reimagining. Yep. And uh, the company that makes this is, it's called Biff Bang Pow Star Trek <laughs> Merchandise. I like that. Good name. Good name. So um, let me see. I just clicked through to it and see if there's anything besides shot glasses. No, the shot glasses are what Biff Bang Pow has at this time. Yeah. Very but cool. Yeah, I, I like those a lot. And I have to tell you, I have something here that um, that I bought and I haven't used yet. And I don't think I even told you about it. <gasps> But when I was Christmas shopping, I almost got this for you, and then I got the the DVD instead, and then I kept it for myself because I realized if I sent it to you, it would break. Um, (laughs) But when you come here, we can have beer in it. I got these really fun glasses, not shot glasses, that have, you know, the Star Trek people on them. Oh, cool. And so, you know, I haven't started using them yet, but, you know, they're, they're like fun drinking glasses and i'm thinking gee if i put them you know in the in the freezer and get them all icy and everything we could have really good beer out of that oh that sounds great yeah wonderful cool um let's see here's another thing i wanted to just briefly mention so um we've talked about robert meyer burnett before the man who tweets too much but one of the things that he tweeted was this interview that he's been doing on trek core which goes into many parts because apparently he can't shut up um (laughs) 
But this was, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, he was talking about how he had been hired to do the, um, produce the bonus features on Star Trek, the final, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. So here's what he said. Uh, to be quite honest, I fucked up my job on the DVD release of Star <laughs> I remember Trek reading this interview, yes. Okay. He says, I was also working on Lord of the Rings, and I was back and forth between New Zealand. Uh, I wasn't working within the time frame that Paramount wanted, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to devote all my efforts the way I wanted to. But on Star Trek V, I was able to do what I think was the definitive interview ever done with William Shatner. That's on the disc. I just wish they had used more of it. I also recorded the audio commentary for Star Trek V and ran into difficulty with that audio commentary because there's a lot of missing material. I sort of went head-to-head with Paramount because, at the time, on the commentary, Shatner made mention of the fact that his idea for Cybok, his conception of Spock's brother, was that Cybok was Timothy Leary. So Paramount said, You cannot equate Star Trek with drug use. We just don't do that. Um... And he says, I, of course, was totally annoyed by that because that is bullshit. That was studio (laughs) legal bullshit that had no bearing on any reality. Star Trek dealt with drugs all the way back in the first season of the original series and Mud's women. So my question to you is, do you have the director's cut with this interview with with Bill on it? No. Star Trek V? We should find it and listen to it because that sounds really interesting. It does. Um, Yeah, we we definitely need to see if that's downloadable or, or whatever we can do but um uh yeah uh, one of the things i wanted to point out in this is um he puts into words something i've thought for a long time and, and had probably alluded to which he says william shatner as far as humor is concerned he tends to go very broad mm-hmm. he likes broad humor One of the things I said to him when we were making Free Enterprise, knowing that, was, you know, Bill, this film would not work with a lot of broad humor. The only way Free Enterprise is going to work is if the audience at any one time has to wonder, is your character serious or are you insane? (laughs) Shatner was, was like, oh, I totally get that. I get that. You're exactly right. And I think that's true. And then he goes on to mention how much he disliked the humor in Star Trek V, and Mm -hmm. I really disliked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yep, I I think that's exactly right. Um, The subtle stuff is great. The broad stuff is not funny. And, you know, the thing is, Bill is so good at playing light comedy. I mean, that's what his early career was in the theater, Mm -hmm. was, you know, playing these sort of light, not light, leading men, you know, in these what basically would be like drawing room comedies or, or, you know, things like that. And he's really good at it. You know, the the comedy in Star Trek, the series, is not broad at all. It's not, it it has a few moments, but it's not generally slapsticky or anything like Mm -hmm. that. And he's so good at it. Yeah. I think he second-guessed himself. I think he felt like if the comedy was too subtle, people weren't going to get it. They weren't going to get it. Mm-hmm. So he had to make it broad so that people would go, oh, look, this is supposed to be funny. Oh, I get it. We're laughing now. Well, I also think in general, too, he prefers broad comedy. And he loves puns and, and, and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, Bill's own humor is not subtle. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he can be subtle, though. I, I think yes. that, that's the difference is that he he doesn't trust the subtleness, even um, 
sometimes like in his interviews I, I always find the subtle things that he does humorously so much funnier mm-hmm. than than the really broad things that he says well and he's good at the at the the throwaway like um yes. i think you and i were at the con together when he said something you know it was some really bombastic state statement and then he turned away from the audience, and then he turned back and over his shoulder said, Denny Crane. Yes. And it just, like, brought the house down. Yeah. And he really did it as, like, a throwaway. Oh, yeah. And he's good at that. He is. He really is. So five would have been so much better if he had had someone with him to to say no, to convince him not to do the broad stuff, just to, yes. to, to pull him back from the edge on so many things. I think so. You know, it's it's Paul McCartney syndrome, right? Like you have to have somebody there to tell you no, to stop you from doing things. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. And I think he's learned since then because, or, or, or he has someone working with him because certainly Shatner's world does not suffer from that at all. No. And I want to talk about Shatner's world for a second. I ran across this interview. Um, and what was it in? Uh, the Austin Chronicle. So mm-hmm. Bill's show was recently in Austin. And I, th- what caught me was the beginning of the interview, the very first, or the article, the very first sentence is one of the things I remember most clearly from the show. Mm-hmm. And it says, William Shatner folds a jacket. Oh, yes, yes. And you remember exactly why he has become an icon. Mm-hmm. And this article just really gets into what was so so interesting, so professional, so well-performed about um about this show and he says you know he goes on to it was his father who taught him how to do this and even though bad billy didn't mm-hmm. join the family business joseph his father made sure his son knew how to fold a jacket for shipping to a customer decades later that memory is still with him that's the core and the key of shatner's world the one-man show that the 81 year old actor is taking nationally after a Broadway run. It's stories and anecdotes. But anyway, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I remember that. And how, you know, it's it's one thing to talk about your father. Mm-hmm. But in that showing us the folding of the jacket mm-hmm. and the stories that that led to said so much about what he felt for his father. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was one of the most moving parts of the whole show. Oh, it was great. Uh, I also really liked in this inter- uh, review that they talk a lot about the chair. Yes. Because that was so impressive. We talked about that after the show when we were reviewing it, how amazing he is with that one prop. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reviewer says, um, throughout an office chair is his sole prop and his sole co-actor. So it's not just a prop, right? It's his, his right. co-star. It's his father's coffin, a mm. mountain gorilla, the camper van he lived in when he was broke, divorced, and down on his luck. He rides it, spins it, shows it respect and fear and adoration. It's his dance partner for a life that has been lived hard, wrung out, and lived again. And I thought that was so good. That's really what it was, you know? And I love the fact that um, you didn't get that right at the beginning he didn't come out and and say like this chair is my prop or you know introduce it as if it was going to be stuff it just crept up on you as the show went on that the, the chair was more than a chair yeah there's a great sentence here too 
The truth is Shatner doesn't speak. He runs at words, gobbles them up like he's trying to make space for more, more, more. Mm -hmm. It's a jam-packed life that he crowbars into the 100-minute show, and it's not about Star Trek. Mm -hmm. There's more about his childhood obsession with the anatomic bomb Lily St. Cyr and the perils of playing a saddle-free <laughs> Alexander the Great than there is about his time in the captain's chair. Yep. So he, I love that about you know Bill's relationship with, with words and... Yes, he does. He attacks them. He caresses them. He he loves words. He loves language. He does. He really does. Um, and the last thing, has he earned a one-man <laughs> show? He's goddamn William Shatner. Of course, of course he, he has. has. I love that. I love that. That was one. Oh, so that was a great review. That person yes. who wrote it, Richard Whitaker, really gets Bill and gets mm-hmm. the show. But I'm so glad he started with that. He folds a jacket because yep. I just, I remember that so clearly. Yep. It was wonderful. Um, over on more Shatner, um, let's see who posted this. Zane had posted uh, a couple of YouTube videos that were behind the scenes of Chateau Tree. Mm-hmm. And um, I will try to put the links in for them because they're really short. They're like a, less than a minute long. But it's Bill in the voiceover b- booth recording words for Chateau Tree. And watching him do this, I just love it because I love to watch Bill work. But I also love to watch him do stuff with language just as you were saying that he has such a love of language and he's mm-hmm. such a pro he's such an expert at this point and just watching him do the thing that that like we know about and you especially you know with voiceover like say the word in seven say it in 10 different ways mm-hmm. and his 10 different ways are so I different to, i have to go watch those i haven't seen them yet but you you definitely made me want to watch those. oh they're just great watching him do it is amazing he's so in control and he just does it and they're different and every time he does it differently the word has like a totally different meaning Mm -hmm. i I don't even know how to express it anyway it's just great watching him do that is great yep well should we take another break let's do that and then when we come back we will do your favorite thing the etsy segment coming up yes okay we'll be back The Etsy show. The Etsy show. We need to come up with a little theme song for that or something. I just did. It's the Elvin song that you sing, The Etsy show. Do you remember the Elvin cartoon? I do. I do. And that was their song. You're positively gonna love the Etsy show. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll have to make up a little jingle that we play before it. Okay. So, here's what's happening on Etsy. That first one is freaky. Yeah. So, the very first one is a, a picture. It's a painting of Bill. In um, It's taken from the iconic uh, Captain Kirk promotional picture that we've all seen a million times where he's sort mm-hmm. of leaning forward and looking into the camera. But it's done in a very, I don't know, Jackson Pollocky kind of way. <laughs> and you know what's neat about it? 
it, the eyes are so intense. They are. They're very All this intense. other stuff going on, and then, you know, the features of Bill are actually more or less in, in black. Yes. And the eyes just really pop out. Yeah. So it's very strange, but I also think it's cool. It is. Um, my favorite thing about this is the name of the woman who painted it. And that is? If you look over on the right, it's oh. Hannah Nyswanger. Wow. And I hope that's her real name because it's just a cool, cool name. Yes, and she lives in Wichita, Kansas. Kansas. So, so something bucks. cool going on in Wichita. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. I like it. I think it. so. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yes. Um, the next thing that we have is something that I don't really understand. <laughs> um, it's Needlepoint. Um, it's uh, Kirk in black and white. And next to him, it says set phasers to stunning <laughs> which is the kind of thing that you'd say to like a drag queen i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so here's what it says underneath it kirk claimed he had only one female to worry about and her name was enterprise who doesn't appreciate enterprise's original beauty in her heyday as a constitution class exploration ship stunning indeed Unlike that idiotic-looking Excelsior-class <laughs> Enterprise that showed up in Star Trek Generations, I was embarrassed to even lay witness to that colossal wreck and cheered enthusiastically when Riker separated the saucer and crashed it into Viridian 3. <laughs> so the stunning here is referring to the ship, not to how stunning Kirk is? See, that's the thing. I thought it was about Kirk. I was like, okay, he's stunning, but that's kind of a weird thing to say to a man. But yeah, apparently it's about how Kirk feels about his ship. Um, and here's the thing. You don't get this when you buy it. You get the pattern. Oh, the pattern. Oh, so I you can make your own. And you can do it with whatever color you want. It says, super fun and easy weekend project. I recommend a TOS marathon or Star Trek Wrath of Khan with a few pints of Romulan ale. That is, if you can get your hands on that kind of contraband. Oh, okay. Wow. But I would say this person has kind of an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we don't. <laughs> a real issue with the uh, Excelsior class enterprise. Yeah. So fun. Probably has nightmares about it at night. <laughs> Anyhow, I just thought that was a really funny description. Anyway, she's no what's-her-name Nyswander. No, no. Crafter Dark. Okay, the next thing. These are even goofier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these are Star Trek hot pads, or potholders, as one might call them. <laughs> these Star Trek-inspired hot pads are a must for any Trekkie's kitchen. Impress your guests uh, by making this set a part of your next dinner party. Boldly set your pots and pans where no pots and pans have been set before. <laughs> okay, what I love, in addition to what you just read us, is boldly is misspelled. Yes. So it's boldy. boldy. <laughs> but I got to say that Kirk especially looks like a beatnik. He because does. Because of the sunglasses. Oh, it's terrible. So these it's supposed like... to be his eyes, but they look like sunglasses. These, so these are potholders. Let's see. It doesn't, say, it doesn't even say how big they are. They're probably like, I don't know, four by four or something. They have a, a black border, a white background, and then it's the guys in sort of in profile, but their eyes are on both sides of their head. So it's very reminiscent of very early computer game graphics, like 8-bit graphics, yes, right? Yes, you know, with the, Where you can see the pixels. You can see the individual pixels. Mm -hmm. And they're knitted, I guess. 
I guess yep. they're knitted, yeah. So there's <laughs> Kirk and Spock, and then I guess it's McCoy, and then some red shirt guy. Could be Scotty. Could be red shirt dude. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I got to say, the, the job this person did on Spock's eyebrows and eyes is just frightening. It is. I'm t- it's 8-bit pixels. It's yes. really, really weird looking. So I, I would take issue with impress your guests because <laughs> I think I would take issue with using these, yeah. owning these. <laughs> your guests would not be impressed. Yes. If you saw these. Okay. The next one, I didn't even get this. <laughs> I was like, what? It's an owl. <laughs> it's a felt crafted owl. And it says Star Trek Captain Kirk owl plush. So here's the description. Yeah, please. First, beam me up, Scotty. Uniting the mischievous charm of Captain James T. Kirk with an owl's feathery distinction, this plush packs a one-two punch of adorable. Hand-sewn and constructed entirely of echo felt, this officer-bird hybrid is the perfect addition to any fan's aviary. Standing a mighty seven inches tall and six inches wide, Kirk is alarmingly cute, if not terribly intimidating. With his carefully crafted phaser, uh, fearsome wingspan, and multicolored feathers, this is one bird you won't want to fly away. So it's basically a felt owl with a Star Trek insignia stapled to the front. Absolutely. That's all it is. And it looks nothing at all like Kirk or anybody. And it has blue eyes. Kirk doesn't have blue eyes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only thing wrong is it has blue eyes. And it also has a little phaser um, glued to its wing. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> oh, my God. Star Trek. I Captain thought Kirk this, per, okay, I think this would have, this person made an owl. It wasn't selling. They slapped a Star Trek thing on it. Yeah. And said, now it's a Star Trek owl. Exactly. And it could be a Star Trek owl. Why not be Captain Kirk owl? Um, There are others I see over on the side that there's a, I guess, a, Spock one, or maybe it's a McCoy one. It's carrying a tricorder. Where? If you look on the right where it says Shop Character Cove. So oh. The, yeah. Oh. It's a Star Trek Spock. Oh, and you can buy them as a set, too. He's got a little tricorder. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And I have to say, they're not The tricorder's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. The owls aren't very good, though. No. I don't know. I, I No. Just No. no. Okay. <laughs> now, the next two go together, and I totally don't understand them. Yeah. Okay? Um, I don't know what they are, is my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're into this uh, an air, uh, 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 part of the Twilight Zone now called um, Puzzling Trek Crap. <laughs> I think they're supposed to be cards, like cards that you would send to people, but... I don't get it. Okay, so let me describe first one. Let's say it's a card. So <laughs> let's say <laughs> on the front, it's got um, some uh, edging along the top and the bottom, like like I don't even know what you'd call that. Hot glued down. Yeah. Like decorative frilly stuff. Ribbon. Ribbon. Thank you. It's ribbon. And then in the middle is a picture of Bill as Denny Crane. And it's glued onto some um, colorful backgrounds. And then right at the bottom of his picture, it, it's got um, something cut out from a magazine, it looks like. And it says, ballsy behavior. And the description just says, card is for 
and a quarter by five and a half on acid and lignin-free cardstock. It comes with an A2 size envelope and is packaged in a clear cellophane leaf, blank inside. So I guess the idea is you're supposed to buy this and then you write something in it and you send it to someone as a card. Okay. Why would you do um, that? Oh my God, if you click through them. Yeah. There's like this really awful picture of Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. I just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> and there's a picture of uh, Leonard. Yeah, I saw that. And it says down picture. to earth. These yeah. are horrendous. They're really bad pictures and they're just nonsensical. Like what? I don't get how the captions go with them. And why are they cards? Like... I, I don't get it. Okay, so here's the, a really bad picture of Bill on one, and it says "cock of the walk." So that's the next one I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's it's another card, and it's it's more like a candid picture of Bill, recent picture of him, mm-hmm. and the card stock looks like it's printed with, I don't even know what it is, weird, colorful symbols. There's it looks like there's a hand mm-hmm. that's got tracings on like alchemical kinds of tracings and then all different colors and then cock of the walk like what okay you know what yeah i bet you and i could open an etsy shop take pieces of cardboard and glue fruit loops to it <laughs> and in the middle or or elbow macaroni or combination of both and in the middle of it just mash in a picture of bill uh-huh. and it's a craft. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I bet we could take something with those packs of Trek cards that I bought and do something with those. Like, oh, I, I got to say, I'm clicking forward. I love the George Takei one. Did oh, what you see is it? No, no. I've only seen some of the other ones. What does it say? Bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> okay, that's funny. But but that's the only one that's yeah. kind of relevant. The others don't seem to mean anything. Or how I don't get it. I just don't get it. Oh no, there's another one of Bill. Um, so we've seen this picture before and he's uh this was sort of mid uh seven or late seventies Bill, where he's got a um headband a sweatband on and he's holding one of his Dobermans. Oh, I haven't seen that card. I haven't clicked to that one. And the caption says, it was hard to keep from smelling his finger. What? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. What? I don't get it. It's a nice picture of Bill, but I don't get the caption. Yeah. So. And then there's a bunch that aren't, aren't Star Trek. Yeah, I see that. So it goes from like old public domain photos to mm-hmm. Star Trek with nothing yeah. in between. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, okay. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody out there can explain these to us and make sense of them a little bit more, we'd be happy to hear your comments um, and say, under what circumstances would you purchase this card and actually send it to someone? Because I would like to know. Yeah. Because I can't think of any circumstance in which you would actually need and use a card like this. (laughs) Okay. Let's do the last one, which is so much more fun. So this is a uh, bow hair tie vintage inspired headscarf. (gasps) 
and I think this is the best thing ever. <laughs> so what it is is it's a, a hair tie. Yes. Um, and it's made from fabric that has Star Trek comic book images printed on it. And it's it it's very 50s, right? It's the kind of yes. thing you would tie your bouffant up with. And I love it that it's so cute with a great big bow on the top. But I also love the woman who's modeling because she's so cute. And she just looks so happy to have this thing on her head. Well, and she's done her hair just perfectly to yep. do this. And she's got big tattoos on her shoulders. She does. And she's sort of grinning at the camera. And she's just so adorable. I love it. And then you can see the other views of this thing and it's it's so cute i just love it so yeah if you were gonna you know do a vintage tie up for your hair why not take some material that has star trek cartoon comic characters on it like the pillowcase yes exactly like the pillowcase yep so i just love this i think it's great wow i think that is super cute and you're right she the that is the perfect model mm-hmm. it's wonderful so um if i could do that with my hair I would totally buy one of these. You could I, do that with your hair. I don't think it's long enough to really put it up on top like that. I think I, w- mm. I would need a little bit more to do it. So, Or maybe get someone to show me how to do it properly. Yes. But, oh, it's just adorable. Well, you know, you wouldn't have to pile your hair up. In fact, if you sort of wore it so the bow was a little more on the side, it'd be like an accessory mm. scarf, you know. This is true. Well, how much does it cost? $14. That's pretty cheap. That's pretty cheap for a nice bow like that. It's true. Well, who knows? Maybe I'll put it on my favorites list. Here it says, hair ties can also be folded in half to be worn with your hair down. These are self-tied for versatility and look super cute. Oh. Oh, they come in sizes. Oh, how about that? Oh, okay. So I guess you have to measure your head. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because the fabric really cute. The fabric isn't stretchy, so yeah, if it's too big, it'll just slide right off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that well, is super, super cute. All right. Well, I think I'm going to use that as the image to go with this podcast because I just love it so much. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that that would totally suit this. Now we had one more thing we wanted to talk about. Yes. And I'm trying to get to the the link. Yes. So I sent this to you. Yes. That there is going to be a musical Trek parody (laughs) called uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before, the unauthorized Star Trek parody musical will premiere in Washington, D.C. this June. Yes. Um, And I'm wondering if you and I are going to that. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that it's in June because I, in fact, will be in Washington, D.C. at the end of March. <gasps> oh. um, I have some business stuff that I need to go to. And I will be there for um, a whole weekend. So it's kind of sucking that it's not happening at that time because that would be so good. I would really like to do that. Yeah. Well, we are going to have to keep watching for uh, more information on this. hmm it's true. Well, we can always hope that it would become something successful and maybe they would take it on tour. That would be cool. I know it's unlikely, yeah. but maybe, maybe they would. Maybe so. I do love this photo of Spock and a girl wearing a <laughs> a cute little sort of baby doll, dainty June style yes. dress of the Star Trek uniform. Yes, it's very cute. It is. 
I don't know. I think, you know, we're going to have to watch and find out more information on this. Mm-hmm. I know um, Washington in the summer is not fun. I no, think. it'll be very, but, very hot and humid. Geez, you know, this would be nice to uh, to include in our, our North American tour. It's true. It's true. Well, it could be that. And, you know, we'll have to see if they're doing any other stuff up in um, Seattle, was it, or Portland, where they were doing um, Trek in the Park. I know they said that that was going to be the last year, but who knows? Who knows? And speaking of Trek events, this may or may not be a Trek event, but it's really good news. Um, The Parkway has reopened. Oh. And the programming, again, is being run by Will the Thrill. Oh, that's great. And this last weekend, boy, if I still lived in California, I would have so been at this to see it on the big screen, was Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, I love that movie. With, with the, the stop motion done by yes. um, Harry. Ray, Ray Harryhausen, yes. Ray Harryhausen, yes. So, um I think that is really good news for, for Bay Area fans, and maybe he'll be doing, um, you know, the Shatner night again there. Oh, that would be great. Shatfest. Yeah. Shatfest! Yay! We love Shatfest. Good. Well, listeners, please keep your eyes peeled for other Star Trek-related live events uh, happening near you, and uh, let us know, because it's possible that we could travel to see things, or... You could go and send us a full review because we would always be happy to include that in our show. Oh, yes. Be our roving reporters. Yep. It's, you know, very important to us that we try to cover as many of these live events as possible. Uh, I was just thinking the other day what fun we had going to see um, the, uh, the the Trek show in the, Minneapolis. The um, Collected Works. The Collected Works of William Shatter. So wonderful. Oh, my God. I know. That was that was a great little show. and. Yep. I hope they they do manage to do it other places because I think a lot of people would enjoy that. Yeah, so much fun and such wonderful people, too. I'm glad we made some new friends. That was really good. Well, I think that about wraps it up. My goodness, that was a lot of stuff to go through. Oh, it sure was. But, you know, Bill is everywhere. Doing everything. So, uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening, as always. Send us email. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. And um, please send us comments on the blog or just keep us up on news that we might have missed because as hard as we try, there's a constant flood of stuff coming and we just can't find everything. That's right. And um, please do consider adopting a Tribble. Yes, absolutely. So until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.